Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. This is Rory Sodder. It is great to be with all of you. I have missed you. I hope you all had a great weekend. I hope it all went accordingly. Uh, we had a huge weekend in the news, and I can't wait to get to it. We got so many different articles and topics to address tonight. Uh, first and foremost, I always want to thank my audience, my amazing special guests, my co-hosts, and my amazing sponsors. You guys are all incredible. Uh, don't forget that we are listened to in 22 different countries, and we are available on over 60 online platforms. Uh, so we are all over the Internet, everybody. You can find our show everywhere. It's uh, trending in many places. Um, I want to welcome to the line uh, businessman, Twitter master, activist, and political strategist, Bill Lambert. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me back, Roy. Have a good evening. Good, good to have you here, sir. Uh, we also have on the line, we have co-founder of College Republicans United and chairman of Republicans United, uh, Kevin uh, DeKuyper, De right? You got it right. <laughs> oh, I got it this time. Excellent. Okay, now I know it. Now I have it memorized. How you doing, man? How was your weekend? Oh, couldn't be better. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> How was DC? Oh, it's been a jam-packed of uh, excursions, different monuments, and uh, today I saw the Supreme Court and many other great attractions, and it's been a blast. I bet, man. Sounds fun. Um, I want to get into the opening story, everybody, and, you know, this happened uh, over the weekend, and this was headline news, the whole New Zealand incident. You know, there, there's so many things that the left-wing media and, and various uh, outlets are not telling us uh, about the New Zealand massacre. For instance, you will not see uh, the left-wing media report that a good guy saved uh, many people during the shooting that had a gun. A good guy came to the scene with a gun and basically uh, saved many lives. You also don't hear on the left-wing media that the guy uh, bought his gun legally, which he did, and that's being reported, that the gun was bought legally, but yet you still have these people that want to spew gun control, that want to spit that bullshit out of their mouth, even though it's not going to change you know, the fact that millions of guns are on the street illegally and we can't do a goddamn thing about it. You know, it, it's, it's all about government control, you know, with this whole gun control thing. We know that. And every time these sort of crazy uh, incidences happen, that's the first thing they jump to the left. The Democrats jump to gun control. They always make it about political, politi they always make it politically oriented. It's never about sympathy for the victims. It's always about pushing a damn agenda and an agenda that literally kills millions of people. Because what did Hitler do before he took away people's guns? I mean, after, well, well what, did he, what did he do after he took away uh, millions of people's guns? He started killing people. I mean, this is people. This is common sense communism. There is no, there is no secret here. Um, you know, I also want to mention a few facts about this incident, which is absolutely uh, mind-blowing. Um, you know, the, the liberal media is, is still trying, like I said, they're still trying to push the fact that this was uh, Donald Trump's fault. This was a white supremacist who was uh, a big, uh, they, they, they said white, like a, a neocon, uh, hardcore, uh, kind of a southern conservative, which is the complete opposite of the truth. This guy in Australia was a liberal socialist 
who said in statements that he wanted a civil war in the U.S. He wanted to teach the U.S. about gun control, and he also made the stupid remark that conservatism is dead. And he said all this crazy shit, and you don't see the left reporting that. So I, w- I want to play this uh, just to recap uh, basically what happened over the weekend, and we will then talk about it. Uh, one four. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this, Bill? I mean, this is this goes to show, though, 
you know, for instance, anybody can go crazy, and criminals do not follow laws. No, they they don't follow laws. That's why no gun law is ever going to work. You know, most of the guns that you know that these are these guys that go nuts. Yeah, they they bought guns legally. But I mean, this kind of massacre goes on every day in the Middle East and in Africa and in other regions of the of the world. But but it's you know like in in Nigeria. You know, you you have Christians being slaughtered by the tens of thousands, homes burned, yep. a, a white genocide yep. going on in, in Africa, and nothing is said about that because it's the wrong religion, and and that's it's the that's wrong the really the key thing. What they want to push on yeah, the left with this with the with this media, they want to pre- push all the Muslim you know BS because they think they're the ultimate victims. But if it's a white Christian or if it's any sort of Christian at all, they really don't even bat an eye. Why should we be surprised about this? We watched the exact same thing go through Europe four or five years ago. It's the, it, it's the exact same thing. Hell, they put the, the guy, they put a guy in, in prison for putting a ham sandwich at the door of a mosque, and the guy was murdered yeah. in prison. So, it, it, I mean, it, I don't, I'm not shocked that, that when I'm seeing the exact same thing, if, if you've got something that works and it, uh, it's worked in, in Europe so far, why not do that? And you have people like CARE and the Muslim Brotherhood, and they've weaved their tentacles into the government and into money and into bureaucracies, and this is the result. And, uh, you know, we're at a point where, where – I don't know, you know, it's like a cancerous tumor that it's threaded itself within so deeply that without killing the host, you can't destroy the disease. Yeah, it's very, it's very true. Uh, and it really is one of those things where, um, you know, the, the, some of the comments were very disturbing, uh, what the attacker made, you know, re- regarding Donald Trump, regarding conservatism, uh, and it was anti-conservatism. You know, some of the left is trying to push that this was an attack uh, inspired by uh, Trump's hate, but it had nothing to do with that. It was somebody that uh, was not a supporter of Donald Trump. Um, but I, I'm so tired when 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 they push that narrative. Uh, Gianni, what are your thoughts on this entire thing? Yeah, I feel like the fall goes on, you know, really both sides. So three things. First of all, you know, with this guy. Hollywood, by the horrible. way, Hollywood blamed Trump, but that's typical. It's typical. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not Trump. It's not Trump's fault at all. But what I will say for number one is there are a lot of people or white supremacists that push this kind of rhetoric, or people that's just on regular news that's pushing this, you know, Islamophobic, anti-Muslim thing. And once people hear that online, it's like, oh well, maybe I should just go shoot up. That's not Trump doing that. That some of his, you know, we got some Trump supporters that are very loony. They're out there, you know, they do crazy shit, they say crazy shit, and it leads to bad things like this. So I feel like we have to stop supporting people that, you know, push out Islamophobic rhetoric. Number two, uh, gun control will never, ever, ever work. It's not going to work. So what I They're think they're not going to get the millions of illegal guns off the street. Yeah, I know. But that, why do you think he went to a mob? Because he knew no one was going to have guns, no one was going to have protection. It's like, hey, come and shoot me. It's literally having a target on your head. That's exactly what it is. So I feel like what we need to do uh, to handle this gun violence, we need security officers uh, at the schools. We need to let teachers uh, be able to uh, uh, carry guns to protect their students. We need more protection. We need more protection in public places, you know, like hotels and all this stuff. We need that. That's the reason why, you know, this 
people don't go to the White House to start shooting or jumping over the fence to try to get get to the White House. Why? It's because it's super protected, and they know they can be killed by one of the snipers on top of the White House. Um, you know, and just number, yeah, you know, just number three is like, yeah, I understand that you know a lot of rhetoric that sometimes I feel like Donald President Trump could be insensitive, like when he says the whole. Muslim ban. He, that's not what he meant, obviously. But I feel like a lot of people, we have to be careful, all conservatives, how we say certain things when it comes to Islam. Yes, it's true that there is a migrant crisis, which led this guy to do that. So the migrant crisis is true. The migrant crisis is destroying the Western world. That is true. But we have to be careful that we say, listen, there's a difference between Islam and then there's a difference between radical Islamic terrorism. Just like there's a difference between a Christian that can go and blow up an abortion center versus us that just disagree with abortion. And so we need to make clear that, hey, we are not for uh, saying all Muslims are evil, all Muslims are bad. But we will say that uh, Islam is a real threat uh, to the rest of the world. We need to say that. So we need to make, make a difference that we're not accusing all people. We need to be careful about how we work things, I feel like. And this guy I hear you. wouldn't take it that way yet. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, yes. Uh, without a doubt, Trump had nothing, nothing whatsoever to do with this attack. And the killer made it very clear that he denounced Trump, he denounced the conservative movement, and he was an eco-fascist. Uh, Trump and the conservatives have nothing to do with that. They don't want to be a part of that. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't rule out the fact that this may have been the first uh, organic uh, white terrorist attack against Muslims. And the reason that is is because the terrorist had uh, mentioned in his manifesto that he was doing it to revenge avenge um, his little girl that had died in the terrorist attack by a, a truck, um, and that the mosque had produced uh, two, at least two, uh, terrorists that had been involved in actual uh, terrorist attacks. And that is why Milo Yiannopoulos had been banned, yes, banned from Australia and New Zealand because he had made statements uh, revealing these facts that there were terrorists involved um, with that uh, Christchurch mosque. And so uh, I wouldn't rule out the fact that uh, it could very well be organic, but at the same time it has nothing to do with uh, what we believe and what we um, are as conservatives. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, yeah, uh, Rory, I'd like to add. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to add, like you just said, he even said. Speak up a little bit, Gianni. Why do you? Yeah, yeah. So they, they asked him, they asked Trump, and they, I mean, they asked the guy. He said Trump to him is a symbol of uh, white supremacy. But they asked him, do you disagree? Do you agree with him on policy? And he said no. So this has nothing to do with conservative policy. Most of these people that are white supremacists, you can ask Richard Spencer, all these guys, they are all, they all believe in socialism just for white people. But they all believe in the democratic um, uh, type policy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's it literally is, um, you know, uh, Bill, Bill, I know you want to respond. Go ahead, Bill. Well, I, you know, without without a radical, you know, reconstruction of Islam, there's tenets and, and principles in there that, that just don't won't coincide with the Constitution. 
I mean, and and that's where and it's it's the same with Europe, and they don't have constitutions per se as we do, but you're seeing this more and more and and it's like with judge Janine Shapiro she asked questions she didn't say anything incorrect she she didn't didn't say a, a false thing they took her right. off the air you know yeah. for asking and, that, and that's another that, thing whatever. and and think about this bill you're absolutely right with the whole Piro thing if a left wing network host would have said something nothing would have ever happened but since it's a republican on fox everybody goes crazy and, and now Fox Today has announced that they've hired Donner Brazil as a contributor who, yeah. who worked to fix an election and yeah. and give Clinton questions. So now you, you get rid of Carol yeah. and, and you hire Brazil. Come on. Now, the, you know, that, that I mean, it, it's it's a very blatant and easy thing to see it. And that's what that's why people are getting there when you don't have an outlet to change things. People get right. so upset that they, they become radicalized, and it, it's the same with with this attack on white people. What the left is doing is, is attacking white people so that white people must defend themselves about being white, and then they can label you as a racist. Right, and, and let, let's face the facts here. Really weird timing with Judge Janine just getting suspended for basically doing nothing for two weeks. And Donna Brazil comes on right pretty much around that time. Something seems fishy because everybody knows Donna Brazil is a criminal. She broke several laws. It's not a secret. Nobody can deny that. Um, it's all on paper. It's all visible. And we know she got away with a lot. I mean, that, you know, that's it is what it is. I, and, but the fact that Fox is Again. Uh, enabling, uh, you know, this sort of uh, situation by bringing on somebody that Clear, we clearly know has a who Republicans have a big problem with. Eh, I don't. Well, I don't like that. Only, it's not. It's not only enabling it, it. It's justifying it. When when you reward yeah. somebody with actions in their past that have done that, then you're saying not only is it okay, but that's good. Here's a reward. Here's a few hundred thousand dollars a year, and you can come on for five minutes a week, and we're going to give you yeah. all this money. So good job in yeah. being a criminal. Yeah, I I, I can't. You know, I can't. I can't fathom the fact that the way this double standard works, because we've seen Bill Maher, we've seen Don Lemon, we've seen Anderson Cooper, we've seen all these characters pretty much drop a lot of inappropriate remarks on their show, and nothing ever even happens to them. They don't even get questioned. No. And they're they're not going to because it really it's a two tiered system. You have globalists that control the the media, and the media is liberal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to I do want to welcome to the show a uh, very popular guy. We have activist, political strategist, and uh, best selling author Matt Margolis. He's written several books uh, about the corrupt Obama administration. Uh, and we, Matt, we will definitely get into a lot of that. But I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on this past weekend, the whole New Zealand incident? That's what we were kind of just getting into and kind of talking about Judge Janine, you know, getting uh, suspended from the network and them hiring Donna Brazil, like, right after that happens, which is weird timing. I mean, there's so many things going on. Uh, well, you know, uh, well, first, thanks for me back on. Um, yes, I, I yeah, well, of course. A, a whole thing. <laughs> well, uh with New Zealand, uh, you know, the, the only thing that really sticks out to me is just like, why is it that every time something bad happens, there's this rush to say it's Trump's fault? 
Like, I mean, aren't you getting yeah. tired of it? Like, every, everything is Trump's fault. Everything. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't understand how people feel that they can keep making. I mean, it's 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 a stretch, even when it when, when it's when it's in the United States. But what then you get then you happening happening on the other side of the world, and it's like, oh well, this is obviously Trump inspired. You know, I'm kind of tired of it. You know, whenever anything bad happened under Obama, they said that it was because of you know right wing hatred of of Obama is causing this. And then it's now that it's the, that Trump's president. It's like, well, people who love Trump are doing this and all that. So it's, it, you know, I'm I'm kind of just tired of it. Uh, you know, th- this kind of stuff is, is is the reason why Trump supporters are are, are so fed up, and, and mm-hmm. why we're gonna be dry, dry, you know driving crazy to the polls in 2020 because we're tired of being demonized every single uh, time there's there's a bad story that hits the news. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right, um, and, and it's unfortunate that uh, you know our society. Uh, it's so brainwashed and so coddled and babied um, to the point where, you know, they have to get a trophy, uh, the left especially, for, for participation points. I mean, these people can't take the truth if it came right in front of their eyes. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you know, like I find it kind of interesting that there, there's been this kind of bipartisan push to, to not, like, repeat the – you know, the, the the shooter's name on, on the news and all that stuff. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, this, we shouldn't be giving these people the uh, the notoriety that they, they've been desiring. It's like, well, why don't we all agree to not politicize every tragedy every time it happens? Can we agree to that? I mean. Right. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Like, I mean, that, it's yeah, disgusting. That's a, a given. Yeah. I mean, um, I really wish that we could get to the get to the point where we can just see things for what they are and stop, and stop trying to get political mileage out of every single bad story by, by blaming it on someone, in, you know, in order to try and get a few uh, political points. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it fascinating how, you know, when at, whenever something happened uh, with the Obama administration, like you mentioned, you know, it was pretty much covered up and justified and, you know, they basically played it off. But when Trump does it, the first thing they do is blame Trump for you know, even Trump does nothing wrong, and they blame him for pretty much everything. I, I just can't get – I can't understand it. And we look at the statistics with the news media. Ninety-seven percent of the news media is biased and one-sided towards the left. The conservatives have that three percent that, you know, they get the honest, uh, you know, situation, the honest news from. Right. I mean, it, it's pretty sad because, like, Obama could have done something, and it's fine. Uh, you know, like something something that's that's maybe a little unethical and you know not a big deal. If if Trump does the same thing, it's like impeachable. You know, like they um uh, like one example of that is they're trying to say that oh uh, um you know hush money payments to Stormy Daniels or whoever uh, is a is a you know election law violation. It's not hush payments or or NDAs and stuff like that. There there's nothing illegal about them. There, there, there's. It is not a uh, an election law violation of any sort, you know. But they're saying now that that's you know Trump did it, so so it's obvious that's what it is. But you know when Obama uh, tried to pay uh, Jeremiah Wright hush money, there was no problem with that. Steal right. wasn't a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, I do want to welcome to the show uh, ISIS escapee Islamic historian 
activist and best-selling author, IQ Al-Razuli. How are you, buddy? Very well, thank you. IQ, what are your thoughts on this past weekend in New Zealand and also uh, with the shooting in the Netherlands today on the tram? And we all know this was well, one of them, you know, they're, they're trying to say in New Zealand that this was a white supremacist attack, uh, you know, caused because of Trump. And there, a lot of the left is blaming it on Trump, which the, fact, the facts are here. And the facts are that this guy who went on the rampage, uh, you know, said uh, anti-conservatism, made anti-conservatism remarks, uh, wanted the U.S. to go to civil war. Uh, wanted gun control laws, he made in his statement. Like, he made a bunch of these weird, odd statements. It, it makes you believe that the, you know, these kind of things are set up. Like, uh, are set up. Like, why would he make comments about the U.S.? Uh, and, like, you know, these sort of remarks, I just, it's not adding up to me. I'm sure you've studied all this. Of course it doesn't add up. You're right. Look, with, without in any way detracting from the monstrous act committed by Renton, I must point out the following that most people have totally missed. Almost all the media and those who condemned Brenton Tarrant's act of terror have totally overlooked and or willfully ignored the fact that from his point of view or perception, since everyone who factually links Islamic terror to Muhammad's Quran is literally silenced, and I must repeat, silenced, demonized, and threatened by the media, by the Muslims, and by their apologists, then the only way left to express the feelings, concerns, and fears of those who are being muzzled can be demonstrated by acts of shocking terror. This was was the manner by which Brenton could make his case, not only public, but to take it to court, whereby he will put his thoughts, his anger, and his opinions even more firmly and fully. When more than 120 Christians were slaughtered recently with 140 homes destroyed and a dozen churches wrecked in Nigeria, Africa, by the Fulani Muslims, yet there was not a single mention of them in the media. Not even a crocodile tear, but a flood of tears for the death of 49 Muslims. You may not take my forecast and or comments seriously that the cycle of mass murder committed by Westerners against Muslims will become the norm, the more suppression of free speech in the West will be enacted by spineless and Quran-clueless leaders. Let the future determine my warnings. What happened in the Netherlands is not a reaction. They've been killing us for the last, what, 17 years, 18 years, since September 11. This is not a reaction. This is continuous self-fulfillment of Islam, that they have to dominate the whole world, the whole of humanity under Sharia. Back to you, sir. Well, look, well, look at IQ. Look at what happened over the weekend uh, with a bunch of Muslims in the Middle East killing Christians, and the news media was totally silent about it. But the, this is what's happening all the time. I mean, really, we should not keep repeating ourselves. The news media and the leftists suffer from the Trump derangement syndrome. There's nothing they can do about it. It's either they destroy him or we destroy them. There's nothing else left, honestly. They have sided with the Muslims. Look what's happening in Congress. 
the Jews of the Democrat Party have been su supporting the Democrat Party for 100 years. They dubbed them for two Muslim women. I mean, if that is not utter stupidity or bias, I don't know what is. What do you think? You know, it's it's one of those. I mean, I I get it, and I get it, and it's it's un, it's unfortunate that the the news media decides to play this narrative, and you know, uh, the fact that Muslims, when they they only make up a very small percent of our population, get so much news attention. Should, I think that should be disturbing to anyone. Um, don't you agree, IQ? And the fact of, of course, on what they I believe. I mean, their ideology. We hear the left trying to say religion of peace. That's not true. It's the complete opposite. I'll tell you what. Contrary to what the media is asserting, that by showing the mass slaughter live, Brenton yep. is starting, and, and they, are, they are assuming or telling the world that Brenton is starting an even more evil and dangerous trend for future mass murderers to follow because they completely ignored four years of ISIS, showing live decapitation of Christians and others, and no one in the same duplicitous and hypocritical news media, including Muslim leaders, decried them. It was Muslims yeah. who started the trend, not Brenton. The same Muslims such as Care and their groveling apologists who never condemn any act of terror by Muslims against non-Muslims kuffar all over the world. By the way, over 37,000 yeah. 37, acts of terror since 9-11 are doing their utmost to blame Donald Trump, Pamela Geller, Robert Spencer, and all those who reveal the facts about the cult of Muhammad called Islam to completely yep. shut, shut them up that no one is left to raise the alarm about Islamic Jihad. That's what's happening. Well said. We, we do got to go to a quick commercial, but we will be right back. Um, we, we are going to be, everybody stay on the line. We're going to be talking, about, talking to one of the lawyers from Watergate. Uh, from the Richard Nixon era. He was one of the people that uh, took down Richard Nixon. So this should be a really good interview. We will be right back. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. All righty, we are back coast to coast worldwide. Everybody, don't forget, we are listened to in 22 different countries and on over 60 online platforms. I do want to welcome our uh, guest tonight, a uh, very popular guy. Uh, we have popular lawyer, co columnist, activist, and best-selling best author and assistant chief counsel during the Nixon-Watergate hearing, David Dorson. How are you, my friend? Very well. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, it's good to have you here. Uh, your first time on the show, and right. uh, with all my guests, when all with all my guests when they first come on, I'd like you to kind of tell us about uh, your background, how it all started, you know, your adventures, your success. Um, I would well, love to hear all of it. 
Well, thank you. Uh, well, I went to uh, Harvard College, Harvard Law School, where I made the law review, and I was uh, on the law review with Justices Scalia and Ginsburg, and I knew them each before they knew each other. Uh, then I became, uh, went to private practice, became an assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, which is pretty uh, much in the news these days, and prosecuted tax cases and fraud cases and the like. Um, then uh, did work for the Lindsay administration in New York City when I was called and asked to become assistant chief counsel of the Senate Watergate Committee, which I guess is the probably the high point in my resume and uh, one which uh, lasted a couple of years and was fascinating. Uh, back to private practice, stopped after a while. I uh, started writing books and have published a book on Judge Henry Friendly called The Greatest Judge of His Era and a book on Justice Scalia, who became a close friend, called The Unexpected Scalia, A Conservative Justice's Liberal Opinions. And uh, then a novel called Moses v. Trump, which is uh, now being sold on Amazon. And I've left out a few things, but uh, I think that gives the uh, outline of it. I'm also working on a play on the Saturday Night Massacre in Watergate and on an opera. I'm a librettist on an opera based on For Whom the Bell Tolls. Uh, that covers most of it. Very, very nice. So, um, you know, let me, let me ask you this. This is probably the first thing I want to ask you. What um, brought you to the Watergate uh, situation what did uh were you obviously you were appointed but uh what all brought that to light uh you know when they when they chose you and stuff like that oh sure well that's a, that's a good question uh i was in new york where watergate was not such a big deal in late 1972 and very early in 1973 and sam dash whom i did not know who was the uh, former district attorney in uh, US, us attorney in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, called Robert Morgenthau, who was my boss, and Morgenthau recommended me. I asked a few people in New York whether it was worth pursuing, and they said, well, maybe, why don't you just take a look? When I got to Washington, that was the same day that McCord, James McCord, wrote his famous letter to Judge Sirica saying that something smells, there's bribery, there's obstruction of justice. And the place where uh, the Senate Watergate Committee was setting up was an utter madhouse. And I suddenly realized how big a thing this could be. And when Dash asked me after talking to me whether I would agree to be assistant uh, chief counsel, I, I grabbed it and came down there, came down to Washington a week or so later. Wow. Wow. So um, how long were you involved with the investigation from start to finish? Well, I got there. It was an amazing situation, which people don't realize. Uh, there had been a trial of the burglars in which the burglars, uh, Hunt, uh, G. Gordon Liddy, and some Cubans, uh, took the position that uh, it was really Liddy's and Hunt's idea, and a couple of uh, Nixon aides, campaign aides, uh, committed perjury. And um, it just took off from there. We, and then... Uh, the um, court uh, gave his letter, and the turning point was when John Dean, who was not a suspect, he was counsel to the president, a young guy, maybe 33, 34, and he, out of, sort of out of a clear blue sky, came in and said, uh, I 
have done wrong things, and I'm, I can't do it anymore, and uh, I want to tell you what happened. And that was really the beginning of the uh, end of the Senate, of the Nixon administration. Yeah, and kind of, you know, for people that don't know, um, I, well, I, I, want, I want you to go in detail a little bit, but first of all, I want my co I, I know my co-hosts have many, many questions. Um, Bill, go ahead. Yeah. Um, do you think that that without that testimony, that that the Nixon administration would have, have collapsed to the point where he left office, or do you think that was the final straw that broke the camel's back? Well, that's actually that's a great question. Without John Dean, uh, there would have been no impeachment of Nixon. It's, it's, I can make that categorically. What was setting what was setting up in those days was that. The White House, which consisted of uh, Nixon, John Ehrlichman, and H.R. Haldeman, Bob Haldeman, were building a sort of a protective wall around themselves, which included Dean. And at that time, the suspects were all in the campaign, um, which was being headed by John Mitchell, the former attorney general. And Dean made the connection and told everybody, the country, Something no one knew, namely what we suspected, but we had no evidence that uh, the White House, including the president, was organizing and directing the cover-up of the burglary. And uh, one thing, again, people don't realize, another thing I'm about to say, and that's this. The real concern of the White House was not so much the burglary of the Democratic National Committee. They had almost no involvement in that. The White House concern was centered on the burglary of the psychiatrist of Daniel Ellsberg. And his name has somewhat receded from uh, current news, but he was the person who helped write and then stole, and if I were embezzled, the Pentagon Papers, which, which described in a candid way America's participation in the Vietnam War. And Ehrlichman had personally, he was the uh, deputy, he, he was sort of a high deputy to the president uh, covering uh, uh, domestic affairs. He personally signed off on the burglary. And everyone was mainly concerned that the burglary of Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist would come out which would have destroyed the credibility of the Nixon administration because they had prosecuted Ellsberg for a variety of crimes, and um, that was the main concern. So that, in a sense, the uh, Watergate cover-up was not a cover-up of the Watergate burglary, but was almost entirely a cover-up of the uh, another burglary committed by the same people. Well, I hope that's not too... Uh, Confusing. Um, Go ahead. If I could, was, was their prosecution of him based on trying to silence him for for the for the the Pentagon Papers? Well, the Pentagon Papers had already been uh, released. Uh, they were trying to make an example and show that he was not a hero, as he was to the left, but that uh. he was a common criminal who had stolen government secrets and publicized them. And um, the, the trial was a, a serious one, but was not popular in certain parts of the country. 
what eventually happened was the burglary became known and the case against um, Ellsberg was dismissed. And that was a very important piece of history and of the decline of the fortunes of the Nixon administration. I understand. Wow. Uh, Gianni, go ahead. Yeah, uh, James Clapper famously said that the Watergate investigation pales compared to the whole Russia investigation. So what is your view on what he said, and what do you think about the Russia investigation? Well, uh, the Russian investigation, in my mind, cannot be separated from other actions of Donald Trump and his people, uh, including the obstruction of justice and the like. Um, we, and we don't know really yet because we haven't received Mueller's reports or any indictments arising from the Russia investigation as such, as opposed to obstruction of justice. I think the what's been going on in recent last two years is much worse than uh, Watergate, largely because. Wow. Well, I, you know, I, 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 and I and I'm not one to minimize. Watergate. I think it was outrageous with the, the president personally signing off on payment of bribes to people. But what makes this worse is that what's involved with the Trump administration, in my opinion, is endangers the institutions of the country and threatens our foreign policy and foreign relations. For example, in the process of cozying up to uh, Vladimir Putin, the Trump administration and especially the president himself have made uh, the, our allies seem unwelcome. And this will have long-range consequences, I fear, in terms of the trust of our allies, the willingness to work closely with us, and could have serious uh, economic consequences as well because of the uh, trade policies that accompany favoring China and Russia over, say, England, France, and Germany. So I, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I'm sure there'll be books written on it, but my feeling pretty strongly is that what's going on now is, is, is far more serious than what happened 40-odd years ago. Yeah. And so I, do, do, I would say, I, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you respond. I, I was going to ask something, but I'll let you respond. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would say, all right, two things. Number one is, I would, I would disagree. I don't, I don't really think that. Of course, we don't know anything because the report isn't out yet. But I don't really think, I don't see anything as of now that he did anything that was criminal. Sure, there was a lot of terrible and questionable decisions that the Trump organization made and him hiring um, um, his campaign manager. Um, um, yeah. Him hiring, you know, campaign manager, Roger stones and all those people that we know were very corrupt in the 1980s. So I think that was a bad idea for him to even hire them. Uh, but number two, I agree that if something was to come out that he colluded with Russia, he should be prosecuted. But however, I don't see that as of right now. And like, what do you, like, what do you think um, about, like, even Hillary Clinton? I mean, what she did and how she was, you know, cozying up to Russia. They got pictures of her drinking beers with Vladimir Putin. I mean, I mean, this whole idea that, 
you know, Donald Trump is like the bad guy and Hillary Clinton, you know, is the good person here and she never did anything with um, Vladimir Putin, I find very troubling and alarming. But like you said, if something comes out, I agree, he should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Well, let me say this about Hillary Clinton. You know, I, I find some of what she did uh, deplorable, but I also find it uh, overblown, like the uh, use of the private line, which Donald Trump has done himself. And I, as, uh, you know, my feeling is I'd love to see Donald Trump's emails or campaign emails and compare them with Hillary Clinton's campaign emails. But that's another story. I feel that I agree with you that it's premature to rate and either praise or defame or criticize the Russian investigation in terms of results. We just don't know. I, I personally feel that what Hillary did was, with the Russians is relatively minor, but what Trump is doing with the Russians, even without the collusion over the uh, election, is potentially very damaging, including things like saying he believes Putin rather than his own intelligence chiefs, having yeah. his own intelligence people and, offer, and uh, aides thrown out of the room when he talks to Putin. I, mean, I, I see this as part of a pattern. And frankly, uh, and some people may disagree, I consider Trump's presidency as really a great uh, PR opportunity and business promotion policy uh, for the uh, Trump organization. I, I don't think he thought he would be president. I think he really saw the campaign as a relatively inexpensive to him uh, promotion opportunity. And I am very, very worried about the direction of a lot of things, including his positions on uh, what's going on in the southern border, which I think is greatly overblown, uh, his antipathy to uh, foreigners, and, and a number of other things really bother me. We'll, hey, Warren, we'll get into this. Um, yeah, Kevin, go ahead. Uh, this, that was actually Matt. Oh, Kevin? Um, oh Matt. Yeah, Matt, go um, ahead, then I, Kevin. Uh, David, I just, I'm just curious because you uh, – I mean, I actually disagree with uh, quite a few things that you said, but one thing you just said just a few seconds ago was that you didn't think – you don't believe that Trump really thought he was going to be president. Well, yes. then why clue with Russia to win the election? Um. Because I think one or well, a couple of answers to that, including, no, including the possibility that I'm wrong. But um, one possibility is that he wanted to keep it close, and he thought he might get, uh, and he thought that it was essential for his reputation that the election be close and that he not be uh, overwhelmingly defeated as some uh, people thought he would be. Second of all, he saw uh, a possibility, he saw the intervention of, by Russia as part of his cozying up with Russia, which would help him build a, a Moscow tower and otherwise benefit from the Russian connection. Uh, no, this is not an easy or simple thing, and I, I hope I'm not sounding dogmatic, but I, I do feel that uh, Trump uh, did that mainly to get uh, – this was worth potentially hundreds of millions of dollars to him. And uh, well, it sure, may but, not have I always mean, been consistent. But, his, but his, his business brand has more than anything been hurt by his entrance into politics. So I don't see how that theory uh, meshes with this idea 
that there was collusion and that he was trying to build his brand or anything like that, or, or that he was he did lose, uh, quite, he did lose quite a bit of his net worth. That is true. That was discovered in Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, a bunch of the different uh, media outlets that um, you know sometimes that I honestly. Yeah. Well, let me say one thing. Trump got in. Okay, go ahead. Okay, let me say this. First of all, uh, I'm not saying that Trump didn't miscalculate or that. And I think most of the harm to Trump's brand has come since he was elected president. I don't think the campaign hurt his brand. I think the campaign made him a worldwide figure better known than virtually anybody. And I think and I, and I could even say something else that supports your position. Why did he pay off Michael Cohen to bribe uh, Stormy Daniels if he didn't want to win? I mean, that's it's an argument on your side. So I'm, I'm not being dogmatic. I'm just giving you how I feel on balance. So I, I, no, I think right. that what you're saying makes sense, and I, I wouldn't say that it's uh, not a serious I mean, or even a valid argument. That we hear you know, lots of conflicting theories about, about Trump and collusion, uh, and it basically comes down to like everyone, that there's a side that wants collusion to be, to be true because – they can't get over the election results, and there and then there's a side that that you know doesn't believe that collusion makes makes sense at all because, I mean, when when you look at when you look at the history, I mean, the Republican Party has been generally speaking much stronger uh, against Russia. Uh, you know, I mean, just looking at the Obama years, uh, the Obama administration right, exactly. really really been, really been... cozy up to Russia, uh, uh, and the Republicans were very much against it. Uh, I mean, you. you I, I think a lot of a lot of the where a lot of things overlap and get confused is the fact that a lot of people can't separate uh, and, and maybe Trump can't either his business life from from politics. Uh, but, I think that's but, true. I mean, and, I, and again, I, as I said, I think that a lot of I mean, a lot of this is very difficult and intriguing stuff, and people will be writing about this for years. But your point about Russia, about the Republicans shifting on a lot of positions, including deficits and, 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 and things like tariffs, they were the Free Trade Party. Uh, things have just gotten a lot out of kilter. And um, depending on your point of view, you can applaud Trump or uh, despise him. But it, it's very complicated. But it it, it is. I mean, I, I am not a tariff guy at all. Um, and I think Trump, uh, with the tariffs, has... has it, it, it's not what I really wanted to see in our Republican president. That said, and I don't think uh, let me say let me be a little bit blunter. I think I don't think Trump understands tariffs or free trade balances or the like. I think he is he's relying on his instincts, and anyone's instincts can be overturned by the complex complex factual background that you need to venture into this area. So uh, he says we shouldn't have a trade deficit with any country. Well, a lot of economists uh, disagree with that. They say it's, 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 that's not the problem. And therefore, um, we're, making, we're putting our efforts in the wrong place. But, but, David, but, I, but he does have a good point, though, that, you know, that the United States is, 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 is not always getting a fair shake when it comes to you know, a lot of these trade deals. And, and he has successfully we we, we negotiated several trade deals. Uh, and I think... Uh, he oh, I agree. I agree that. that we that with China, for example, that you have. But I think you have to separate China's uh, exploitation of uh, intellectual property and demanding uh, 
Chinese participation in deals from the tariffs. And um, I think he's, I think Trump is probably right in in fighting hard for certain improvements with our trade relations and business with China. No, I'm not saying he's a hundred percent bad. Although David, uh, I don't how do you, you what David? Let me David. Let me ask you this: How how can you? And, and I think you're a really nice guy. I like talking to you. You're a very smart guy. But how can you say the border thing is over exaggerated? When we have thousands of people, and this is even from the Washington Post, that there are oh, there was about a hundred thousand people illegally in a two-month time frame near that coming into our country, and well, also, they didn't come into the country. They came. They came to the border. They didn't come into the country. No, I'm talking about people that are invading. I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm not sure that. Well, I get well. the whole asylum thing. I get the whole asylum thing, and I also want to say this: is that the Washington Post put out an article saying the coyotes are now creating a new bus network to deliver migrants into the U.S. For, to take our jobs. So, I, and, and I want to go – and one, one more thing I want to point out, because I know a lot of people have to say things. But the economy right now, the unemployment rate is at 3.8%, which is the best in many, many years. We've seen it in a long time. And this is true as well. The, low, the lowest African-American unemployment in history, the lowest Hispanic unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, and lowest woman unemployment in over 50 years. And the years. largest disparity yet, between the rich and the poor. Don't forget that. The largest disparity in history we have more people between the rich and the poor. In, we have more people in the workforce now than we have in 60 years. How do you – They're, being, yeah, under, they're underpaid, but they're underpaid. But wait, wages were actually flat food. under Obama that's gone up under Trump. A negligibly. David, David, how do you how do you like think, say how do, how do you let me ask you one thing? The food stamp rate is at the lowest since the seventies. How do you argue? That's with because that? he's made it harder to get it. There's a big, guys, you no. can make the food stamp rate no, zero by, by making lazy. it impossible. Too many people taking advantage. Actually, of the what what Trump actually did was that re, re, return the standards uh, to pre-Obama standards. Obama actually changed the standards to make it a lot easier to get. I, I, I agree. I, okay, I'm not saying how he did it, but uh, you can't cite uh, a lower I mean, food Obama stamps tried, if you Obama make it tougher to for people to get it. State. Well, guys, I mean, guys, but, what are you but talking? the thing is, is that you know, uh, under under Obama, we saw a huge increases in in in, in uh, food stamp fraud and and and, and various uh, uh, programs to to get people dependent on government. And that's a trend that, that, that Trump has reversed. I think that's a good thing. I think fewer people. Well, we don't know how much. Uh, a lot of this is propaganda on both sides. And we don't, I don't know. And I'm, I, I doubt yeah, whether but, they're reliable figures on how much corruption and exploitation has been of all of this and was all of this and how much is now. I mean, another thing I could mention is that Trump wants to cut 90% of the budget of the Environmental Protection Agency. I mean, that's incredible. Some of these places like the Washington, the Potomac is, River has never been better. As hell. Matt, Matt, let me say, Matt, let me say something real quick. Let me say something. Yeah. A lot of the environmental uh, agencies that, the gover- that we were giving to the, the, these governmental programs, a lot of it was BS and just a waste of money. Like, for, you know, there's so many different things that go into this. But I, I, I want to get – Kevin, I know you have thoughts, and I know IQ has thoughts. Um, I'll let you guys go because I, I don't want to hog the whole thing. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, let me, can I say something? Uh, yeah, go ahead, David. Yeah, go ahead, Let me change the subject for a minute, and that is I, I've yeah. just published a book called Moses v. Trump, which is about uh, a suit against Trump and how 
you know, in, in a different context than all of this and how the system behaves and how Trump responds and how he treats the district court and all that. It's available on Amazon, and I just had to interrupt to make a plug for my book. So I hope people will buy it and <laughs> read it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I had some good, really great people endorsing it. So, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'll go back to the discussion. Oh, no, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I want you to continue. You said you have people endorsing it. Well, well, well for example, on, on the rear cover, I have four endorsements. One is by Derek Bach, who was the dean of Harvard Law School and then the president of Harvard Law School twice. Another is John Dean, who was counsel to the yes. president and who was actually I represented in a libel suit against G. Gordon Liddy and others. The third oh, wow. is Frank Serpico, the New York detective who was shot and almost killed because he turned against uh, the police corruption. And the fourth is somebody yeah. whom I'm sure you won't uh, uh, like that much, or at least some of you, and that was Nadine Strassen, who for many years was president of the American Civil Liberties Union. So I have a very diverse oh, and interesting group of people endorsing the book, Moses V. Trump. Very, very nice. It- no, I, lo- I love it, and, and I want to – before I get to Kevin, uh, if you can pinpoint for me kind of in a, in a, in a quick way kind of how you would compare uh, – and, and I know you have a strong view on this – Trump's situation with Russia and your point of view compared to what you dealt with with Nixon. I don't think I ever asked you that in detail. Well, um, you're, if you're asking me, I, I'm not sure – that the situation with Nixon and Russia was not as important in those days as the situation between Nixon and China, who, again, and this is a situation where uh, people were going out of character. Uh, the, uh, the Republicans were very against China, and Nixon made a right. great breakthrough by right. opening diplomatic relations. Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible – look, I'm not saying – again, uh, I, I – History has shown that Nixon did a lot of very important things. Some of them, like China, was, were monumental. Others, some of them were very liberal, uh, expanding aid to uh, poor medical aid, environmental protection agency. His, his domestic policy was fairly liberal. And uh, overall, both conservative and liberal things, I thought on balance he was a pretty good president, obviously, uh, it's, just, it's like saying, aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? Uh, the Watergate dominated his second term and uh, was inexcusable. But again, I think looking, trying to separate things, uh, Nixon uh, did many good things. And as I said, I'm not saying that Trump has done nothing right, I, I, but I, I do feel that overwhelmingly he's been bad for the country. And uh, I won't even talk about some of the lies and things like that that he says. But uh, I, I don't think that that is a good example for the president of the United States uh, to call people, you know, to denounce people, to, to criticize the FBI, the Justice Department, the intelligence agencies. Uh, he is, um, I, I think the country needs a leader, the one who respects its institutions and all of its people. So, uh, Kevin, that's, go that's ahead. That's my view. Oh, yes. Well, back to the topic at hand. Uh, Donald Trump has absolutely uh, sacrificed so much uh, for America and for the country, and uh, it really is because he's a big threat to uh, many of the powers that be, uh, both national and globalist. And uh, let's rewind a little bit to Obama's uh, shtick, is because okay. uh, he would never 
you know, show up to his job meetings. We know that. But what he would show up to is meeting with the most powerful tycoons of Silicon Valley and the media, including with them. And these are the people that are with Obama's team that is really attacking Trump at every single chance they get. And it's entirely a partisan issue. Well, I think you could say the same. Look, I I could say the same things about Donald Trump. He doesn't meet with poor people. He, you know, he meets with millionaires. He has a cabinet of millionaires, of billionaires. I really don't think that's fruitful because I think all presidents cater to rich people who who uh, they hope will support his campaign. And I think also this is another concern of mine is that the election laws and the campaign contribution laws are a mess. And um, you know, and it's, 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 it forces people, elected officials, to spend time and solicit money from people who have business with the United States and the like. Um, so I, I know I, I think we can probably agree that everyone is in, has, you know, has abused the system. Hillary Clinton certainly did. Uh, Donald Trump, I believe, did. Uh, Nixon did. He was convicted of it, or people were convicted of it. And I'm not going to defend anybody's handling of uh, contributors or the like. Uh, A couple of people may be deserving of of praise compared to the others, but uh, I I am a vigorous opponent of the present laws and the present, including the Supreme Court's restrictions on uh, what can be done uh, to remedy the the deficiencies. Sure, but... These companies, Silicon Valley and especially the media, they are leading the forefront in taking away our, uh, our essentially our Fourth Amendment rights to search and seizure. That every single thing that we do um, around technology is being exploited and sold uh, all across the world. And these are things that Trump is absolutely not doing. He's trying to bring power back to the people. Um, he's against these large institutions that are trying to, um, you know, sell us to the highest bidder. Oh, I don't think I don't think that's true. I really, I really don't think that's true. I, I'm not going to defend Silicon Valley's and its uh, Facebook and things like that. But if you, if, I, I cannot accept that Donald Trump is the hero of the of the common man, and that Obama and other people like that were exploiting them because they got contributions from Silicon Valley or something else. I, I really. You know, it's it's a, it's it's a lengthy and difficult subject, and I can't claim to know as much as I would like to, but I, I just will not accept that Donald Trump is is the friend of the people, of the poor and middle class. Yeah, not after See, that. I, you go ahead. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. I, I didn't know yeah, I was I finishing. I just said, especially with the tax cut, which gave about ninety percent of the benefit to the top five percent of the country. Yeah. Well, IQ, go ahead. Well, unfortunately, that David and I are in opposite sides. So he has his point of view. I have my point of view. The greatest threat to America is not Russia. And Russia is not the enemy of the United States of America. I've been saying this for 10 years, by the way, not today and yesterday, for 10 years. What Putin did for Russia, he made it into a coherent society, true, dictatorial, autocratic, corrupt, but every single country on earth has got corrupt leaders. In Europe they have them, and you are telling me that, uh, let's say, for example, Donald Trump is also corrupt. No problem. I have no problem with that. Most politicians are corrupt. That's how they run the show. 
the greatest threat to America today, today as we speak, is not Russia, it's not China, it's Islam. But the greatest threat in the future is not Russia, it is China. I've been saying this for 10 years, but nobody wants to listen. That's their problem. Do you have a Russian problem on the border? You have an enormous problem on the border. Nobody is exaggerating. No other nation on earth would allow illegals to go through their territory. No other nation, none. Not Russia, not Israel, not China, nobody. Why is it all right? to overlook what's happening on the southern border and say it's overblown and exaggerated. It isn't. It well, isn't. I think it is because, first of all, they, the terrorists have been – it's absolutely clear that most terrorists don't haven't come through the southern border. They land in uh, a JFK airport or some other place. Also, most narcotics the, – the, I'm not saying they're not problems on the border. I'm saying that Trump's – description of the problems is inaccurate. Virtually all of the uh, narco illegal narcotics comes in through cars at checkpoints where they're uh, put inside the padding of the, uh, uh, of the back seat or things like that. They don't have individuals carrying tons of narcotics across the border in the desert. Uh, I'm not saying there's not a problem. It's just a, I'm saying there is a problem. Of course there's a problem. But, the, but in terms of priorities, uh, it's, it's not to me the most serious. The number of uh, you know, there's talk about more crimes being committed by uh, illegal aliens. I don't think that's true, and it's also a point I make in my novel, which was written about a year, a year and a half ago. I, I don't think it's a serious problem compared to others. I, in the abstract, of course, it's a serious problem. Of course, well, illegal right. people should not come in. But, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, because the thing is, like, well, let's just let's just say for argument's sake that that you know the 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 big chunk of the drug problem and violence problem is not from from illegal aliens, but we've been having an investigation now for two years about you know foreign influence on an election, and yet right. we basically you know our leaders are saying bring all these people in, let them integrate in society, even though that they broke the law, so that they can, and allow them to vote, which is essentially foreign influence. To, to essentially oh, these, no, 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 no. If you're an illegal election. alien, you you cannot. If even an illegal alien, you cannot vote. And if you're an illegal but alien, we, we, we are, you we are become seeing a blue states that are that are that are going to be offering them driver's licenses and, and making it very very easy for them to to, to vote illegally. It is so no, that's easy. Just not, no, that's just. I think they figured was like 54 illegal aliens voted in 2016. There is no evidence of which I am aware that shows that illegal aliens were a, even a minor force in the election of 2016. If you show me that, I'll, 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 do, I'll make a $100 contribution I, to anyone you I'm, want or $1,000 even. I, I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that, that, that you know, at, at this very second, because that, that, uh, I don't have any of that information in front of me either, but I'm just saying that but the, you, there's a very clear and obvious uh, intent by uh, you know, radical uh, liberals that are, running, that are running various states to make it easier for, for illegals to, to come in to uh, uh, Avoid the law and, and to basically become a part of society, uh, and clearly a stepping stone to being able to vote. I mean, every. Well, single, look, I, uh, I will agree with. I will agree that the, the liberals want more uh, people coming into the country. They want to expand the number of people who vote, and I think it's outrageous that, that uh, conservative states are passing laws that require. 
of picture ID, government picture ID when there's no showing of its necessity. I will agree. I, I don't agree that they they will facilitate the improper granting of citizenship to illegal aliens. But in general, you're right. In general, if your point is that the liberals are more pro-immigration and less harsh on illegal immigrants, I will concede that. But I don't concede yeah. that it has um, the hey, serious consequences that you suggest. Yeah. Let's go. I got to go to Mike Peters in New York. Mike Peters, you. I know you have some thoughts. Go ahead, Mike Peters. Yeah, David, how are you? Thank very good, thank you. Very um, I've been looking at the timeline here on getting back to. I, I, I can see that we're we're at a dead wall, dead end here on on uh, our feelings about Trump and everything. But I'm, I'm very interested in the timeline on the Watergate thing. Now okay. I'm looking at it, and from what I can see, within nine months, subpoenas were issued for the. Uh, for the recordings, the tapes that Nixon didn't want to cut loose with. And right. looking at this, and then I looked further back and I said, wait a minute, okay, in April 30th, it says 1973, and the whole show started in 72, when everybody started talking about it and looking at it and everything else, but the scandal finally, it says, reached the White House in April 30th, 73. And then it says May 73, uh, Richardson appointed uh, Archibald Cox as special prosecutor to lead the investigation. Right to the next, and, and so now it looks like you had it was less than a year from the time the investigation went on, not from when the media and the circus started and everybody was complaining in the articles and the accusations, and but it was less than a year from when that happened until um, finally October twentieth, seventy three, um, Nixon came out with the uh, "I'm not a crook" statement, and then. Right. The House Judiciary Committee started impeachment proceedings. Right. Now, now it looks like within, so I'd say within eight, nine months, it was a done deal. They had the evidence. They had evidence. They had all of the investigation that did. They had access to everything that the White House had, everything, all the paperwork, all the secret documents, whatever. They had people coming to them, and it was done. Whereas with Trump, this is dragging out. How long has this been going on now? Two years, and we still don't, and we don't have the answers. And now, with all the okay. technology and all the phone bugs and all the records in the CIA and the NSA and the, and the people that have been turning and, and turning over stuff and WikiLeaks, and, and we still don't have the information. Um, that well, the American people are starting to look at it and go, "We're being misled here. We're being played. They're playing us." Because if you could do it that fast, or something like that with Trump, and get him out of office. If there's a, if there was really a problem with Trump, why haven't they done it? Okay, first of all, you're you're obviously very well informed, and your dates were absolutely accurate, and many of your points. I think the answer has to. Well, there's a couple of answers. One is that Watergate, when it boiled down to it, it was relatively simple. It was a very linear problem, starting with a though in terms of starting with a burglary. They try, then there was a trial of the burglars before Sirica, in which everyone in the office was denying that it went higher, the prosecutors at least. And then we started. Uh, we were created, Senate Watergate Committee, in February, March, and we really got going in April. And we started hearings in May. It was amazing. So I think the main reason is the complexity of the uh, problem that Watergate was relatively document-free, that it was uh, a burglary and a cover-up which had very few documents, and it was much easier to do. 
uh, it's very hard for me to analyze it until we find out exactly what Mueller was doing. For example, we do not really know. The Nixon administration was not terribly cooperative, although they cooperated in the spots. When you look back, uh, when we find out everything, how much of a problem to Mueller was Trump's cooperation or lack of cooperation. I share your concern about the length of time. It's not good for anybody for something to take this long. But again, in Watergate, uh, everybody, Ehrlichman, Haldeman, Mitchell, all testified before the Senate Watergate Committee in July. We are not getting that sort of response or they're not getting that sort of response from the Trump administration. You have a no, valid but, point, but I think it's, it's, it's a little bit more complicated. Okay, That's but all I can thing, say. And the, thing, and the thing about Hillary being fired, I mean, were you involved in any way? or uh, were you a Hillary being fired? Well, Hillary when, when she was, was fired. It says that she was fired during the, during the Watergate investigation. No, was she wasn't. She no, 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 that's untrue. That's untrue. That's totally untrue. I'm, actually, I met her once. I don't know her. But she was on the special prosecution force. Which, and as, as you know, as you said, Cox, was, Cox is, uh, was approved in May. In fact, I'm writing a play right now. I didn't mention I'm writing a play called The Saturday Night Massacre, and I've gone over this stuff very carefully. You know, Hill, Cox started really in May. Before that, it were people who in the Justice Department handling it who were the ones who said that it didn't go any higher than Lydian Hunt. But, no, she was not fired. She was never fired. Okay, that would have been a front-page story during when she was running for president, and she never would have gotten a nomination. Well, but, it, again, it your, point, your point – let me say this. Your point is well taken. It's taking too long. But what are the choices? Uh, uh, a lot of other like, uh, things, Kenneth Starr and many of the other sort of special prosecutors or uh, independent counsel have taken longer. Um, it's just not good, but it's just like when courts take a year or two to decide a case, it's not good. But I really don't know what you can do about it. If you could complain, and I would complain. It makes us wonder if – it makes us wonder if they have the evidence at all because it's gone They may on not so have the evidence. I mean, the, the point is that many special prosecutors or independent counsel closed up shop without doing anything. But, right. again, if you have people like Manafort and Roger Stone, it's going to be very yeah. tough to get the information. As the judge right. said to uh, Manafort, you can't complain uh, about uh, the slowness of it when you, when you lie to them. So it's, 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 you know, it gets a little complicated. Mueller's tracking down false leads of these people, and it took a lot of time. Now, one Bill, other thing go about ahead. that. Yeah, oh, go, go, okay, ahead. go, ahead, go ahead, Mike. Finish up, and then finish up, Mike, then I'm going to Bill. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Bill. Let it take, and I thank you for your time, David. Thank you. Um, I wanted to go back to the border a little bit, David. Um, you have a a... Texas Department of Public Safety report that did a 10-year study with 650,000 crimes committed in Texas alone that were committed by people here illegally. 4,000. I don't believe it. Murdered. I don't believe it. You know, hold on. Well, 650,000. Show me. You have to tell me where you got that fact from, that information from. I, I frankly, yeah. without seeing something, I don't believe hold it. Hold Rory, and I'll be happy to provide all the facts, as well okay. as that. Texas has just has served 58,000 uh, uh, subpoenas for voter fraud for people here illegally. 
So it, it is a crisis. You have a we're on track. It's not. For they didn't do it. They didn't. Show, they could, you could serve subpoenas, but there, it hasn't been shown that there were more than a few dozen, or maybe a few hundred illegal vote, votes by uh, illegal immigrants in the 2016 election. I, I looked. I've been following this. I, I just haven't seen it. Now, one of the problems we have is that we're talking about facts which are real, and we you know we can't resolve it while we're talking. Place. I can't it's accept your premises, and you safety. can't accept mine. It's the Texas Department of Public Safety. It's, well, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, wiki-dicky website No, I'm, not, I'm just saying it's I don't – I, look, safety. you may be right, but I, I can't – I don't see it. I mean, I can't look at it. If we were sitting across the table with pieces of paper, we could do it. But you, one of the problems with the present society is that facts seem to lose their significance. People make up things. And uh, I, you know, well, Trump, if you're insinuation that I'm making up things, then I'm not saying you're making up. I just like to know where it's coming from. It could be coming from somebody who's unreliable. I don't know that. I'm not accusing you of anything. I don't know yeah, you. That's why, well, that's why I'm just saying I don't believe the information. That's why I qualified it with where it came from at the start. Well, but no, no, but you're telling me where it came from. I don't. I'd have to see it and see what they're talking about. Look, I, I've been a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many years in important investigations, I don't take anybody's word for something if it's a fact without verifying it. And I, I just can't accept your statement because I don't know but where it came from. Your, but your opinions on Trump are all based on things you can't verify. Well, those, although, well they're based on those things that are generally uh, – I mean, I, I, well, look, that's a valid – I'll say it's a valid point. But again, I think okay. that uh, many of the things are uncontested. Oh, Bill, you have another question? Go ahead, Bill. No, I'm done. Uh, Johnny, go ahead. Yeah, well, just just wow, listen to the conversation. It's very, uh, very intriguing conversation. I would say that uh, I agree with everyone that there's a lot of fake news out there and a lot of people that claim something, you know, they – they're either reading Occupy Democrats or they're reading Breitbart. I mean, either to both or both to me are totally false. Um, but I, 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 I really I want to know what the guest thinks. Uh, uh, David thinks about what do you think? Okay, when it comes to twenty, is somebody moving in the background or something? Or no, I'm not sure I understand the question. Somebody, somebody, let's say someone's moving in the background. I don't know. No, the okay, background cutting, right. cutting out. Right. Yeah. I think so, um, when it comes to Trump's presidency, what do you think is the fundamental? Not just the, the Russian event. We don't know what's going on with that yet. Right. What do you think, in your opinion, is the fundamental problem with it? I mean, people can say, "Oh, it's the way he talks." I'm like, but I'm from New York. I'm, I know many of us from New York. We understand how. We understand how we have different cultural Well, attitudes. I'm from New York. I mean, look, I'm from New York. I'm from New York, if that helps or hurts. I, I don't care, but it's, yeah, uh, it, I was in the Southern yeah. District of New York. So let me, okay, let me yeah. try to answer that. I, I think the, the problem, my problem with Donald Trump is that he does not respect institutions and he does not rely on the most reliable information. When he says, I believe Putin over the United States intelligence services, I say, I'm out of here. 
because the United States intelligence services, while not perfect, are done by professionals who have the United States interests at heart. Putin has probably better information, or as good, almost as good information, maybe as good, but he does not have the United States interests at heart. And so he's going to try to take advantage of of the situation where the, the American intelligence is not there, have the American interests at heart, and I don't believe Putin does, and I will never be convinced that Putin cares one whit about uh, the welfare of the United States. Well, so that's it, an it, example. Johnny, I want you to respond. I just want to uh, say something real quick. David, I, I agree that I don't think Putin has the best interest uh, in the U.S., but I also believe that I believe a lot of these foreign officials – and these national security people, I mean, we've seen firsthand in the past, some of them are bought by special interest groups, different people in the government that are corrupt. So, I mean, obviously we, you can't trust Putin's word, but some of these people are not trustworthy that are involved in, in uh, as our generals are officials. I mean, no, no, just but because you're in a general, a general doesn't mean you're trustworthy. No, no, no that's global. true, but I think, I think their record is better, and certainly in terms of, of, of conscientiousness and reliability. But what I'm saying is that when there is a unanimous position of the United States intelligence services, which cuts across all sorts of people and backgrounds and everything, and Trump yeah. does not accept it, I, I, I just find yeah. that. Uh, and I want well, to criticize this broadly. After, after seeing, after seeing how the FBI for one second. Uh, this is Matt talking. Yeah, I mean, Matt, go, Matt, go not, ahead. Not, then I'm, I'm going not, to I, Matt. Go ahead. I, then I'm, I'm going to leader of blacks for Trump, and then Mike. But go I, ahead, Matt. I, I'm not going to disagree with the point that you know, with regarding Trump, what Trump said regarding Putin and, and not trusting our intelligence agencies. But we also had an entire nation that was saying uh, that in, in the lead up to the Iraq War, they didn't want to trust what our intelligence agencies were saying or the intelligence agencies of various other allies of ours because of a very highly politicized issue, which was whether or not to invade Iraq. And Russia is similarly a very politicized issue where, you know, there, there's going to be two sides that are, that are not either going to want to believe something or not believe something uh, regarding that particular issue. Uh, and I think what, what Trump was really trying to say when, when he said that was that you know, Trump comes from a business background. And, and if you talk to anyone in business, you know, they'll tell you that they that they they know how to read people, that they can read someone in five seconds and t- and, and and know whether whether or not they can do business with them. And I think Trump is was what he was trying to say is, you know, that 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 he was relying on his, on his ability to 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 read him as opposed to whether or not he tr- really trusted him on a, on a particular issue. But but back to the intelligence thing, is that you know. We, we we clearly uh, we we can easily cite references uh, uh, or examples where intelligence uh, is has accepted to have been uh, been wrong. The let me let me try to answer that. Okay, you're making a very good point. I'm going to say you're making a very good point. But my understanding is that basically the intelligence was pretty good, but it was distorted by the political people. That it was not the analysts in the CIA and elsewhere that got it wrong. It was that the politicians, in, you know, the elected politicians, the appointed politicians, who distorted it for their purpose. So I don't think you sustain the argument that the intelligence people are deficient. Now, they make a lot of mistakes. I represented General Westmoreland. I mean, I mean, 
I understand what you're saying there, but but uh, the intelligence of France, Germany, and the in the United Kingdom all came to the same conclusion. Well, so, but as I said, I, our I, intelligence I, people did. But um, okay, yeah. we'll accept that. But again, it's a you. But when you start comparing, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I, I'm just saying okay. But well, let me just expand know, it a little bit more because I agree with okay. I agree with part of what you said too. Uh, the fact that the United States government or whatever parts of it got that totally wrong is a very good argument for being skeptical of uh, any intelligence you get and any interpretation right. and, of and intelligence. Trump, and Trump has, has come out again, uh, saying that the Iraq war was wrong. So I think he also comes from a perspective of, of being well, skeptical. I, I would feel more skeptical. comfortable. I feel more comfortable if he studied documents and read books and things like that. I, I really worry about people who say my in, I, I listen to my instincts and they're right. I, I really cannot accept that this world is much too complicated. I mean, and, that people and, are much too devious. That's true. It, it, it's just as bad as people who just surround themselves with people who they know right. are going to agree with what they want to do, which is what Obama right. did, and you know, a lot of lots of yeah. other presidents that do the similar thing. So I mean, there's there's no. Uh, Great, I guess, example of a president that that does the right thing, you know, the exact right thing, you know, every time. Uh, but I still but, think yeah, I, mean, I still think Trump. No, I think that Trump is unique because he doesn't read anything, anything, and he doesn't. He's not well informed, and I believe that to the bottom of my heart. And I think when you are dealing with these complicated situations and people who are very smart and very devious on the other side, and remember, Putin was the head of KGB. I just don't trust. Not not saying he has bad motives. I'm not. I won't let leave that aside. I'm saying I just do not accept that somebody who does it on the, you know, based on his instincts is going to do as well as somebody who really knows Thanks. all the facts, studies the facts. So it's it's it's. Okay, I'll finish. Trump, go ahead. Yeah, how's everybody doing? Um, I would like to say something without being interrupted. I, I you know, because I'm appalled at this this conversation because it is amazing how when a real white person who's a European Gentile gets in office after since 1944, all of them have been totally destroyed by the media, lawyers and scribes and all other people. Like the Bible said, they will come down with great wrath when they know they have but a short time. So this man is our, our man that's going to save us from this mess. According to the Bible, he is Cyrus. So now you this have is, you're saying Trump. You say Trump yes, is going to save us. I don't us? think it. I don't, I, I don't think it. I know it because the nuts who have had us in slavery and have been destroying us are the very ones that are trying to destroy him now. With all this Russian collusion, like the Bible said in Revelation twelve ten, because of course. Well, let me let me ask you this, sir. Let me ask you this, sir. You're saying first, that Trump I wanna, is I a divine. I want to make my statement first. I want to make my statement first. Okay. What I'm saying to you is that the Bible said that they would come down with great wrath. This is Revelation twelve ten, when they know they have but a short time, and they would be the accusers of the brethren. So they're accusing him of what they are guilty of. They have destroyed the black man, and they have destroyed every. White Gentile president since 1944 under the game of Valkyrie. And I know as a lawyer, you might know who that is. But for those listeners who don't know who that is, that they were created by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Arthur Franklin Delano Roosevelt, helped create them. 
to make sure that the Democrats stay in charge, even if a Republican gets in. So they well, let me say this, sir, because I, 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 I can't say it all. Stopped, if you're saying that Trump is a divine instrument, out. if you're saying yeah, that I'm Donald Trump is a divine I, I instrument, I, I have a serious problem. He's had three no, wives not, and had numerous affairs and has cheated in business, so I, I can't accept that. Stop people like you from destroying us. Because you are, and the people like you, are the destroyers of us. The Bible said, woe be unto you lawyers who do all these wicked things that you wouldn't touch with your little finger. But you wipe out a man like Trump who comes and does good, helps, actually helps black people. Nothing like what Obama did. He didn't let no black people out of jail. He did nothing for us. Only the Democrats have destroyed us all this time. And then you get on there and accuse him of what you are absolutely guilty of. Sir, I I respect your right to say what you say, but I cannot agree with you. I think that history. agree with me because you are not who I'm trying to reach out to. Uh, why not? Why, 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 not, why don't you care what I think? I have long I mean, time look, I've, I've, to people uh, like you, and you have not hearkened. So now I'm only speaking to the children of God. So the children well, of God how do you know who's the children? You think Trump is a child of God? Insult <laughs> the president of the United States. With this How do you get there? Maybe with Russian help. When all of you are absolutely as wicked as hell. You break every How do you know I'm wicked? You don't know me. What you are saying. You, you have spoken against somebody for no reason at all. You don't have no no reason and everything. Everything. We just got to believe you because you say so. Well, no, I mean, sir, if you've been listening, I'm perfectly willing to admit I make mistakes. I don't know for sure. We don't care about what you know. The facts are the facts. The young man was giving you facts. You don't want to hear that. Only your facts matter. Only Hillary, she don't go to jail. Only we are in trouble about going to jail. Only black men and white men are in jail. All of my East Indian and our Pakistani brothers who know what they're doing with the Canaanites, and you know who I'm talking about, so you can't hide, because I see you guys who are, you are the, the Mongols and the Huns that are destroying us. And I'm just telling you to that face, to your face, because I know that you are trying to destroy Cyrus, and Cyrus is here to conquer you, and you will, and if you do not submit, you will be destroyed. So you tell all of them out there that's talking all of this crap is submit or you will be destroyed. There is well, I'm not gonna, sir, I'm not going to submit to Trump no matter what you tell me. When the black man stands up with the white man, when the black man like me, a real black man, stands up with Trump, the independents are going to abandon you and we're going to whoop your ass in the next election <laughs> by a horrific landslide. Because you can no longer scare them with this boo game. All this, oh, my God, it's chaos. He's a lawbreaker. No lawbreaking, just a whole bunch of accusations, and you're trying to destroy him. But when the white man who are independent Gentiles see me stand with them. Well, what was it like? Obama was a black man. Didn't you like him? you You will be completely disassembled and destroyed. Well, look, we had a black president for eight years. I am here as black for Trump, 
to stand beside Trump. I am his moral authority because I am who you've had your. Well, you sound like his moral authority. I'll tell you that. Years. And so now the, the 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 king of the king of Persia. The, well, you, you should. Go, you really should go to the White he House. I think you belong there. You out. And that's what he's doing. He is conquering you, and you hate it. And I'm, I'm glad you hate it. And I am rejoicing of, of with the insanity that is spewing out of your mouth because you sound absolutely insane to me. So I'm asking you, for your own sake, repent, or the Son of God and His Son is going to whoop you. You understand? Well, I'll, and you tell all of those those boys out there playing the game, trying to skate around what's going on. That we are after their ass, the independent, all of my European <coughs> white Gentile brothers. Fear what, what, not. Let me ask you this. What, what role did you have in the Trump campaign? They are insane. They are insane. They break every law. And hey, Rory, let the other guys talk. And the Bible says, they will break all the laws and hold themselves not guilty. Well, I'm here to testify that you are guilty as goddamn hell. And I'm going to send you there. Why? Because you're evil. And I'm disgusted. With this wow. Well, well, you, well, you make a great spokesman for the Trump campaign, I'll tell you that. Yes, you're goddamn right. That's what I am. I'm a spokesman for President Trump. Because the Bible said when they see the two brethren stand together in unity, the Jew and the Gentile, the black man and the white man, when they see us stand together in unity, a great fear would fall upon your ass. And that's what's going on right now. He's trembling because you know I stand with him. And when you saw David, you all predicted yes. that Trump would lose. And when I stood beside Trump, he beat the hell out of you because the independents, they deserted you because they saw there would be no race war that you were trying to predict with all this fear-mongering crap. I'm here. That's what Canaanites do. Yeah, they right. believe in that ghost doo-doo. I don't believe in those Maybe we can give him a, a ticket to the next show. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Gianni, go ahead. Next show. I just wanted you okay. to hear what I have to say. This is Black well, Trump, we've, God you've been very, very interesting, sir. Yeah, I know well, it is, well, but you're uninteresting to me. Well, I hope you, I hope you work hard and well for Donald Trump. I mean, you, you belong together. <laughs> uh, Johnny, go ahead. All right, so you I have a tough act to follow. Whole, but yeah, yeah. See, I with the religious stuff, I don't know anything about that. But I just wanted to, sir. I just want David. I just want to hear you. In your response to all that you just heard. Yeah, the interesting. <laughs> well, that's, that's, no, seriously, I think that there are people who have very dramatic and very, uh, str- no, I would say, strange ideas that people are, there are large groups of people who are uh, devils and all that. I, I think it's sad because I don't think it, it helps anybody or advances the uh, discussion. Uh, I, you know, and I, I really don't understand why he refuses to accept the fact that there are many good people out there, people of goodwill, who disagree with him, and other people who agree and who have been trying to help, and why he has to call people like me, and I, I, you know, I don't hold myself out as a, you know, as a saint, uh, you know, evil and all that. I, I just think that's sad because, you know, there's a lot of room for serious discussion about religion and God's will and evil, and, and I, I just don't think he is uh, willing or able to have a serious discussion. And, uh, you know, I've, right. I've, I've argued with uh, fundamentalists. I am not a fundamentalist. I'm not even religious, 
but I can I, I do argue them. And it's yeah, yeah, hey, uh, Johnny, I would, Johnny, we have we have about five minutes left with David, but uh, Johnny, go ahead. Then I got some other people that want to give some final statements. I, go ahead. Yeah, Johnny. I've got a quick question too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would I would say uh, I do I do agree with you that it's a lot of the religious stuff is just you know overboard. But uh, I mean, but Trump, I mean, I don't think he's a Christian. I mean, he respects. Don't get me wrong, he respects religion, he respects it. So we have freedom of speech. But to say that he's a Christian is a stretch because he even said out his own mouth when they asked him, "Do you believe in forgiveness?" He was like, "I don't believe. I don't want forgiveness from anybody." That's literally fundamental. Uh, well, I, I must say I am suspicious we, of real quick, Trump's hey, Dave, religious. David, David, I got it. David, I got to go to a quick commercial. We'll be right back in one minute. Okay, sure. We'll be right sure. Back. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production, everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, i got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. All right, we are back coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. Uh, we are here. Uh, Gianni, I'll let you finish up your thought. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, so I agree with your guess that, you know, the whole Donald Trump is a uh, man of God is totally uh, overblown. But, uh, yeah, I agree. We need to focus on, that's why I feel like the conservative movement is being hijacked by the right-wing populism. And we need to focus on I'll let you respond, let's focus David. On jobs. Yeah, let's focus on uh, jobs and trade. And oh, I agree with you. I look up the job. I don't consider, yeah, yeah. I consider Trump not a conservative but an opportunist. And I don't think there's a, a shred of religious belief or even sympathy in, in his soul. I think he's doing what the, people, the conservatives want because he sees that as helping his business and his future. 
I am very uncharitable to him, and I apologize, and I hope I'm not punished for Mike it, Pe- but I do not respect his religious beliefs. Mike, Mike Peters, go ahead in New York. Mike Peters, go ahead. You know, you know, we all have different opinions and everything, but I'm convinced, and, and just so you know, David, I'm, I'm a government contractor. I've got a whole different perspective. I'm in food service, feeding military, and I've seen, I've seen everything tank under Obama and the attitudes, and uh, we were shackled. I mean, under the programs and everything that this man did, while at the same time, out of the side of their mouth, they claimed they were all about small business and building and helping this country, which was a bunch of BS. Um, it, was, it was pretty bad. And a lot of it, like the suspending of the A-76 circular from the White House, the public doesn't understand, doesn't know, and never saw. So we, we form our opinions and everything based on how we live our lives, what goes on in our lives, what we're exposed to, and who we surround ourselves with to come up with our own decisions, our own foundation for our beliefs. And, and you know, the same thing applies to everything, whether it's uh, what, I, what you think about Trump or anything else. But I have a question for you, just for, for, my sure. own, for myself, for insight. How do you view the Constitution? Do you think it's a living document? Um, I think... I'm sort of in the middle of, 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 the, of the spectrum on that. Uh, I wrote a book called The um, Unexpected Scalia, uh, liberal justice, uh, Conservative Justice's Liberal Opinions, and I really explore that. And incidentally, I'm a, I was a very close friend of Justice Scalia, and I say that advisedly. He and his wife came over regularly, maybe once every month or two, for dinner, and we Thank would argue that. about these things. So we were good friends, although we disagreed on almost everything. I don't uh, think it's the – let me say that again. I, I think that the people who say it should be read as it, as it was interpreted and understood in 1787 can't be right because they have, for example, take something relatively non-controversial like the Commerce Clause. Commerce in 1789 – was very very narrow. It was it was just a very small amount of the economy, and people like Clarence Thomas want to use that interpretation for a totally different uh, set of facts. So I say you you have to have some leeway. Uh, I understand again often from talking with uh, Scalia why you might say that certain rights that are not enumerated in the Constitution are not constitutionally protected. I, I respect that argument. But for me, I think you have to have some flexibility, bound not by nothing, as these people say, who are ultra-originalists, but there's precedent, there's, there's history, there are structures, so that I think there is room for uh, development, uh, you know, so even on something like the death penalty, uh, the Constitution refers to it. That's a good argument for saying it must we must accept it. But I think you can make arguments that at some point it, it may maybe, and I'm, I'm not saying I accept this argument that you must look to current values. So I'm sort of in the middle. I lean towards the left. I consider myself a liberal, but one a sort of a thinking liberal that's willing to. Uh, discuss and understand and temper yeah. my views. But you know, and, and what hey, you've um, gone David, through with I the wanna... government. Oh, go go after, ahead, Mike. After, after what you've gone through with the government and, and the the fraud and everything and the corruption you've seen, you don't think that by leaving the door open for interpretation that it would be abused by these politicians, that it should be recognized well, the way if you go through the Federalist Papers for what it is, 
and that the law should be the law and not turned into a political game where it can be interpreted and manipulated? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that it's being manipulated in the other direction. When you say that uh, cruel and unusual punishment, for example, mm. would permit whipping people or branding them because that was permitted in some places in 1789, although in 1791. So I, I'm, I'm troubled by extremes on both positions. I also don't feel that by and large, the uh, Constitution is uh, responsible for corruption any more than I think religion is responsible for or lack no, of religion is necessarily responsible for corruption because every day some people are indicted and convicted who are some of the of pillars of the community and the church. So I, I think the Constitution is very important in this respect, but it won't – different interpretation won't solve our problems. And I think right. by and large, as things existed, say, 100 years ago, defendants were mistreated. They got, did not get a fair shake. They did not, they did not get a fair trial. And one of the great attacks of my, during my law school years were when uh, people, when Justice Brennan and others made major changes to, in, the, in the direction of greater defendants' rights. I think that was necessary. I think it's been abused. I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of corruption. But corruption is, is, tends to be under-prosecuted while street crimes may be over-prosecuted. So it, it's a very complicated matter, but I'm not dogmatic. I want, to, I want to go to Bill. I know, David, I know you have to go here shortly, but Bill, uh, go, Bill, go ahead. I know you have some, some thoughts. Go ahead, Bill. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know how we can question or, or where do we get to a point where we question somebody's beliefs as far as Christianity and, and make our own judgments on what they are and what they aren't. And I, I think that's... Um, Indicative of really what the core problem is within our society is we've went to a point beyond what is is I, I don't know how to phrase it morally correct I mean I I I don't question David's belief system or his Christianity I don't question Trump's I don't question yours um, I question my own but well let me let me I say one thing I think I I don't question people who I believe are sincere. My point is I don't believe Trump is sincere. Uh, that's my feeling. Mo many people will disagree. There are a lot of fundamentalists and very deeply religious people who support Trump. I don't know how they can do it. It, it bothers me un to an incredible extent that he gets that support when he uh, does so many things that I think are inconsistent with the moral views and beliefs of the people who support him. I just don't, I, I don't accept that. I think, I, think I think history. I think history is littered with with flawed leaders that done great things. Well, it's a question of degree. So I, I think that's a very good point. But but again, I think that what, what you may be saying, and I understand, is that Trump stands for a lot of things. He's he may be, a, but people say he's a poor vessel for for certain things that he advocates, even though he doesn't believe or doesn't practice. And I understand that. I, I mean, one of my very close friends is a devout Catholic who is a Trump supporter. And the reason is that she says that Trump supports the things that she supports. He's anti-abortion. He's uh, pro-life. Uh, he's 
uh, against uh, assisted suicide. And uh, she says that he's a poor vehicle, but he, he's doing good things, the things I agree with. If people would say that, I would be much happier. But there's a lot of hypocrisy. There are a lot of people who defend Trump up and down because of his what he's implementing. I disagree with much of what he's implementing, but I also think he's insincere and a hypocrite, and that's what bothers me about a lot of his supporters. But I think so, we can. I think we could all agree that any politician, you know, what they what they present, you know, to the publicly versus who they are, you know, deep down, there, there's always going to be a disparity. But I mean, the thing is, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I write in my, my. I have a book coming out in July. It's called Trumping Obama, and uh, I got the, the oh. introduction. I explained I was I was a Trump skeptic. You know, I was I was not happy when he decided to jump in the race. I was not happy when he became the. Uh, uh, the nominee, uh, uh, but you know, th- th- that had sort of a kind of an awakening uh, towards the end of the uh, of that election, and I, I I've become like you know I, I tell people I w- I didn't jump on the Trump train I was kind of pushed onto it, and uh, oh that's interesting you know for, what's what's your name so, so that people can know you about your book? Uh, my name is uh, Matt Margolis, and my I have a new book coming out. It's called Trumping Obama. Okay, well, actually, I was, I was talking earlier about my book. I don't know if you heard me. I have a book come, yeah, uh, that's out called Moses v. Trump, which is a novel and um, takes a somewhat lighter view of some of these um, activities. But uh, good luck with your book. Thank you. And, Dave, so, um, and everybody, Matt, I'll let you finish up real quick, but then we got to let David go. And then I'm going to go to Gianni for final thoughts. But, uh, Matt, go ahead quickly, though. Uh, I think to try to answer the, the the question as to why people who normally wouldn't support Trump, who who is arguably has has flawed character, is that he's he he fights for things that lots of other conservative presidents did not have, I, I guess, the stones to really fight aggressively for. And you know, for for many years, you've seen with the, with the media being so hard hard to the left. They want. They wanted someone who was going to be a fighter, and, and that—that's what I've appreciated out of him is that you know he—he—he he, he doesn't just just take things on the chin, and uh, you know you know I mean and and we see uh, on both sides where where people don't want the 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 one that that's reasonable that 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 tries to bring all people in. They want someone who's fighting for the 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 the, the extremes of their belief system because they want. Someone oh, who, I think that's who, very who well said. Can push that. I think you, you articulated uh, it very, very David, well. David, I'll let, you, I'll let you respond, David, but I want to let Gianni ask you a question. We have to let you go here in a second because we're on a timer. But Gianni, go ahead. Make it quick. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I voted for Trump because I agree with him on policy. I agree with conservatives. So I voted – I was going to vote for whoever uh, won the nomination. Uh, you know, I, I really don't give a shit about his religious belief. I don't believe as a Christian. He said he's not. He said he doesn't believe that. He needs forgiveness for Jesus. That's that's inherently not Christian. So he's not a Christian. He respects religion. He does a lot of good things for religious people, and that's mm-hmm. why I respect him, and that's why I'm voting for him in 2020. So it's for me, it's not about his religious beliefs, which I believe he does not have. He's just saying it because he wants to get that uh, base of Christians. Uh, but I disagree. I dis- I, I agree with the policies that he uh, implements and the policies that he stands for. Well, I, let me say this. I, I understand what you're saying, and I really have l- l- very little to, to, to dispute with pe- 
people who take that position, my only wish is that I hope I would want people to be more candid when it comes to questions of defending Trump's actions and misstatements and lies and uh, biased and prejudiced statements and things like that. I, I understand. And it's, so it, it's really a question of candor and character and things like that rather than policy, which however much I disagree with, I can understand somebody saying, this is what I want, this matters most to me. And I might say the same thing if I was in the office, if things were, she was on the other foot. But I would, I would hope I would say, uh, I don't like the way he's behaving. I don't like what he says about these things, but I'm going to vote for him and support him. That position is the one I think that should be taken by people who support him, unless they are so turned off by his other activities that – it doesn't doesn't permit them to support him at all, which is my preference, of course. Yes. Hey, Dave, David, we only have a we only have a few minutes left. Um, I, w- I want to um, you know just say uh, I really appreciate you coming on, but I, uh, Johnny, did you have any final thing? Did you want to follow up with that? Make it quick if you have anything, really quick. Uh, nothing much. He was just a great guest, and I love the dialogue between you know different parties. We're not just a conservative talking point show. We actually know how to yeah. debate and go back forth you know, with a lot of respect, right. and I respect right. him so right. much. Thank you, sir. You have been a fantastic guest, and uh, you know, I'd love to have you back soon. And before you go, how about you tell us what you agree with Trump on? There's probably a few things that you like what he's done, right? Well, I think he's – yes, that's, that's true. And I, I, it's something I've not really thought much about in, in those terms. But, for example, I think he's right about uh, China's taking advantage of us in terms of intellectual property and a few other things and demanding ownership. But I, I don't like the idea of his putting on tariffs. But I do like that. And, um, you know, their, their policies – I know I sometimes say that I agree with him. Uh, but um, – I, I just find him on balance, you know, an unacceptable person as a president. He, he does not like our institutions, and he does not behave presidential. And I fear that he is hurting us uh, abroad by his positions and, moreover, by his manner that um, may be counterproductive. Now, some people may say that's what these people want, but I, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't think so, but I, I, I try to be – uh, keep an open mind on that, but I'd love hey, to be back. David, I mean, this please. has been great. I, I, I would, you know, yeah, I'd love, love to stay longer by chance. So, yeah, we love having you, and we love the diversity, and and we love your point of views, and you're a very smart guy. We'll definitely have you back. I'll probably get you back on early next week sometime. Uh, but I just great. want to thank you for coming on. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your stuff. Okay, well, my, my current thing is this book of Moses v. Trump. My last name is spelled D-O-R-S-E-N, and it's available on Amazon. I also buy other books. Uh, if you just look at my name in any uh, catalog or something, I have an interesting book, I think, on, on, particularly on Justice Scalia. I found that he wrote a couple of hundred liberal opinions, and I attributed that to his conscientiousness and fairness, that he, he, he took the originalism where it should be taken if you're going to be an originalist. And a lot of other people, I find, were not honest liberal originalists, and that's all in the book. Well, very, so very awesome. I love it. I love it, uh, David. And, you know, I love your insight. I think you're a very smart guy, even if we – even if we don't agree, I think you have uh, much intelligence, and I, and I think you've lived quite the life, 
and I, I want to get you back on early next week. Great. And, uh, for many years, I was wine and food editor of the magazine, Washingtonian magazine, the city magazine of Washington. So I have a couple of other areas I can talk to you about. Perfect. Well, we'd love to have you. And, David, uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, we really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Great. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Have a good night. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Great guest, I'll tell you, great guest. Uh, even if we don't agree, I'll tell you, he uh, definitely has great insight and, uh, you know, certain things uh, that he's lived through that are very profound. Um, just want to make a few announcements, obviously. There's a couple of things that came out today, which I'll get more into tomorrow on the show in detail. I just didn't have time tonight, but one of the things is Colorado, the state of Colorado has now joined 11 states. 11 states to shift the popular vote system. So in other words, uh, in presidential elections, the, uh, 11 of these states, including Colorado, will be going uh, with the popular vote instead of the electoral college, which is really uh, a threat to our, our, our country, a threat to our constitution. This is something that really needs to be go, go over in detail, and I will. And another thing that was announced today that I'll get into detail about tomorrow was Washington State Senate. The Senate in Washington State, sadly, I'm, I'm from Seattle, but uh, I've lived in Arizona almost eight, almost eight years now. But, uh, you know, my home state, they're really fucking up. I mean, they passed a bill today which basically keeps Trump off the ballot in 2020 until he releases his tax returns. I mean, they're, they're dicking with so much – so many – it's just disgusting what they're trying to do to people. And they're just trying to make Republicans upset. And uh, it's really it's getting it's getting like annoying and like just to the point where it's it's repulsive and I'm tired of it. I really am. Um, And I will get in tomorrow in detail about the bribery case with the colleges. I I haven't talked about that enough uh, and I need to really talk about that story. But everybody, don't be surprised. This kind of stuff happens every day. These people in Hollywood just happen to get caught. I mean, it's. It's an ongoing thing. When you have money, you have power. You can buy anything. It's the, it's the honest truth, and, and that's, that's what it is. I mean, there's no way of minimizing that or, or uh, you know, twisting that. I mean, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, so I guess we have about two minutes. Um, Bill, what do you think, man? What, what are your thoughts right now? Anything you want? Um, you know, I think that the – you know, part of the reason we elected Trump was to tear down some some things that had to be torn down so they could be rebuilt in a better fashion. And, and you know, you get dirty, and Trump's getting dirty when you tear those things down. That's part of draining the swamp is tearing down the dam. And yeah, you and know, you look and you look at and it all makes sense because we kind of knew this was going to happen. When Trump comes in there, he basically has to cure the greatest racial divide in American history. I mean, our racial divide was worse than the 60s and the civil rights era. I mean, Obama divided this country more than anyone, and Trump had to go in there, and we knew he was going to get the backlash. We knew he was going to get insults thrown at him. We knew that he was going to be a, a big target. Uh, but I'll tell you, it takes a lot of balls and courage to do what he did because not – not anybody could just – I mean, I don't think anyone could do what he could do, but I, I just think he's a miracle worker. What were you going to say, Bill? 
I, well, that, that was one of the points that David tried to make with the divide between incomes and and put that on Trump. But that, that, that came about and existed under Obama. That was something that Trump inherited. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the, the biggest divide that, that we have right now. And that's what you're seeing playing out in Hollywood and, and these – in Washington with, you know, like Tony Podesta walking with, you know, away with nothing while Manafort, yep. you know, is put in prison for four years. And it's it's all the same. I mean, it's so transparent. It, it seems, you know, on a grand scale, if you overlook from an overview, it seems very a simplistic thing of what's going on. It doesn't – I don't see a lot of gray areas. Yeah, you have a great point. Um, yeah, I uh... – we have a lot more to get to tomorrow. We got so much to get to, uh, everybody, but I do got to close out. Uh, Gianni, please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Gianni Rodriguez with the Z dash Paris two R. Excellent, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow night, buddy. God bless. God bless. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Where can everybody find you? Oh, yes. You can find us on our website at republicansunited.org or find us on Facebook, Republicans United. All right, Kev, we'll have you back tomorrow, man. Good show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Mike Mike uh, Peters out in New York. Where can people find you, buddy? In the bunker, I'm one of the few gun owners still left in New York hiding in the bunker underneath. You can't miss me. You look for the signs. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure many liberals look at me that way. They always one of those wacko conservatives, and yeah, but Damn. I'm up here, one of the few left in New York. But that was a good show tonight. A lot of insights, and it was good hearing uh, and being able to discuss. One on one with somebody that is, we said. I mean, he, he right. made it clear. Yeah, that we don't we don't share sure. agreements with. We were, I just kind of you know no. wanted to hear the other side and stay calm yep. and prove that we can have a civil conversation. Yep. Um, Matt Margolis, please tell everybody where they can find you. Well, uh, best way to find me is to find my books. Uh, go on Amazon, just look for my name, Matt Margolis. I have a few books uh, out already, and a new book coming out. Uh, End of July, it's called Trumping Obama, How President Trump Saved Us from Barack Obama's Legacy. Uh, should be a fun one for uh, Trump fans, and I really do hope that uh, people who, who uh, like never Trumpers and, and liberals will read it as well, because uh, I think there's some important stuff uh, in there for them to read. And Matt, Matt, you're a very brilliant guy with facts. I mean, you know a lot of things, and you know, tonight I wanted to get to a lot of things regarding your books and regarding some of the things that you're working on. But, uh, the, you know, we were just so tied up with the Watergate lawyer. So what I want to do, and I, everybody wants to hear it as well, is I'm going to either get you on uh, sometime this week and I could devote my full attention for, uh, you know, 45 minutes to you and your book and, you know, what you're working on, or we can get you on early next week and we can do that. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Looking forward to okay, it. Okay, perfect, Matt. Well, it's always a pleasure having you on, man, and uh, God bless, and we'll have you back on either later this week or early next week. Great. All right, man, take care. Uh, Bill, please tell everybody where they can find you, man. Yeah, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Super Elite Texan. Check me out. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Good Perfect. show. Uh, Bill, Bill, we'll see you tomorrow, buddy. I want to I want I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show.
please always remember if you miss clips or past episodes or any of uh, any breaking 24/7 stories, you can visit our new media site, the next nexgen genusa.com. You can also visit my store, the Donald J Trump store.com for all your famous President Trump uh, apparel and merchandise. Um, and, uh, you know, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, it's been a fantastic show. I want to thank all my sponsors. I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, and my amazing guests. Uh, don't forget, we are now listened to in 22 different countries, and we are also on over 60 online platforms. So it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, we will see you all tomorrow night, though, everybody. And the stuff I didn't get to tonight, we'll get to tomorrow. Uh, take care. I'm Rory Sauter. God bless. Cheers, everyone.